Becky, look at her banner. It's beauty, bitch. Warning, this show contains adult content, strong language, mature themes, discussions of sexuality, politics, triggers, and <gasps> feminism. Listener discretion and or earphones are advised. Hey, welcome to Bitchery, a podcast about badass women in history that were left out of the darn history books. I'm Kelly McLean. Some people call me the bitch whisperer. Do they say it in that voice as well? Goodness. Sometimes, uh, yeah. That's like 976 voice. Uh, I'm Lisa, and most people call me Lisa. Ooh, mysterious. <laughs> I'm working on my 976 lady spy persona. <laughs> Have you heard that audio clip that's going all around the social medias where they go, no one will know. (laughs) But how would they know? They'll never know. But what if they do know? No one's going to know. Why am I doing that breathy voice? I don't have a clue. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at heybitches at bitchstory.net. Best email address ever, heybitches at bitchstory.net. You can also visit anchor.fm forward slash bitchstory. And if you feel inspired, you can click the support button. We're also looking for sponsors. With those 976 voices, I know you want us to talk about your product. So let us know. I know. Hey, have you heard? These are extraordinary times we're living in. I have heard that, and I'm fucking sick of it, honestly. (laughs) So sick of extraordinary shit. my sultry voice. (laughs) I have used that line in bitch scopes for like the last three weeks because I so agree with it. And every time I look at the astrology, I'm like, ugh. Why can't just (laughs) Jupiter do something happy and everybody not be in retrograde and in some grand cross? So over it. So those are all your the, stars. We're done with this. Exactly. Those were the the sounds of a frustrated astrologer doing, <laughs> um, doing some sort of uh, dance. What do they call that? Um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> all good. Speaking of oh. astrologers, like frustrated astrologers, have you ever seen that like '70s movie called The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh? No. <laughs> I love that movie. But it's impossible to find because probably it was a terrible movie and I just liked it because I was a weird kid. But it was about Stalker Channing was a astrologer. And she did there was a pit. They were called the Pittsburgh Pisces. But it turned out like she did the chart for the whole team. Uh And so when they finally got, you know, they were this terrible team, but she had them change all their game times to when, you know, they were all, you know, their charts were or whatever. And anyway, anyway. That's pretty Any funny. bad seventy movies fans, let me know if you've seen that because I want to watch. I really want to watch that again. Holla. Anyway, <laughs> um, we have a lot of news stories and current events. We're not going to talk <laughs> about. Fortunately, yeah, we're not going to talk about Kim and Pete because <laughs> whatever. We, but of course, we are going to talk. Oh, I did miss something. On July eighth, Bitch Story celebrated one year of podcasting. Yay! I need the sound effect of the clapping, but my sound effect thing broke. So <laughs> we need the little party noisemaker horns. It's, 
Just me sounding like Kermit the Frog inside my head. Yay! With the arms flopping. All right. Well, as is customary on the show, we talk about Britney's in the news. So we have plenty to talk about this week. Uh, we'll start with the sad news first. Brittany Griner was sen- sentenced to nine years. Um, that's just catastrophic and outrageous. And I really hope that something happens. I can't. I mean, I think it was super dumb that she crossed into that country with that. Whether, I mean, I, maybe she forgot she had it. I don't know. You got to be more careful, man. Like, you just. Uh. Well, she, but had, it's she had a prescription. I, I agree that it was poor judgment, but she did have a prescription for it, for her anxiety or whatever, so. Oh, really? But, I yeah, I it I was, that. like, something she should have actually looked into. Or her trainers or, you know, the medical staff or somebody would have, you know. Yeah, I mean, you don't fuck around over there. So, anyway, I, I hope that gets fixed, shortened. I don't know. Um, into also sad news, but slightly less um heavy Britney Spears because we're all about the Brit um okay so apparently the kids are avoiding her that was the first bit of news that came out and then I heard read that K-Fed Kevin Federline the baby daddy of the two boys has said that he would welcome Brit's dad into their you know circle with open arms um, and has also made statements, something to the effect of, you know, he saved her life by uh, creating that conservatorship. Uh, And then Brittany has posted a whole bunch of stuff about what Kevin said. And then just most recently, Kevin posted, it's a video, but it's just like dark. Like the boys were recording it just for the audio, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it's when they were uh, 11 and 12 and they're, I don't even know how old now, like adults practically. Um, so this is several years ago um, where she's kind of bitching him out in mom mode. I mean, anybody who's had a teenage son goes, yeah, like she's pretty much letting him have it. You will respect me. And she's got the, like the deep, southern mom voice like not the poppy princess voice she's like you will respect me am i understood (laughs) it's kind of like that scene in handmaid's tale where she's like do you understand me (laughs) where she's spitting and shit um but you know i don't we don't know what happened we don't know what the boys were doing we don't know if she's overreacting or i don't know then there's another video where they're in a car and Britt's kind of ranting about something and Jaden's in the backseat and he's totally, um, what is the word? He's just arguing with her and just being kind of bratty and something about not wearing shoes in the ice cream store and she's going to take his phone away. It doesn't sound like it makes a lot of sense, but I, I, I don't know. Like this could have been the straw that broke the camel's back with the teenage boys. I had been there, done that. When my son was 12, 13, oh, Lord have mercy, I became all of the mother archetypes that I swore I would never be. So, yeah, you just, you you do what you got to (laughs) do. It's not easy. But anyway, um, so they posted those videos. Um, I actually should have checked to see if she posted something today, but 
it's kind of mentally exhausting. So lots going on in the in the Britney world. Oh, Brit. I know. <laughs> yeah, we so we so need sound effects for this show. We do. Um, my cats, I tried to train the cats on a soundboard. They're terrible employees. They're not even good interns. They just suck. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're in They're the market. Like DJs, though, like that record scratch, no? <laughs> not really. Oh. They're kind of good stalkers. That's about the only thing they that. They stalk <laughs> me. I was just, I was peeing, and there's just cat. I'm surrounded by cats just staring up at me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> don't need your bodyguarding while I piss. It's just insane. And then one's in the bathtub, like flopping around in the bathtub, just being stupid. Oh, I'm such a crazy cat lady. Okay. Anyway, um, the big news this week is that dumpster, i.e. Trump, I have trouble just saying his name, um, was raided by the FBI and now the Republicans, now the Republicans are calling for the FBI to be defunded. These so, people are like immune to irony and just refuse to have any form of self-reflection. I just, right? I it cannot. Is unreal. <laughs> um, and he said something to the effect of nothing like this has ever happened to another president. Really? What? Well, that's the thing. And it's like, it's a fucking been... point. They're like, well, it could happen to you. It's like, that's the point. Like, nobody. We haven't had a president if I do some half as criminal. Shit, then it will happen oh. to me and you and whoever. God. Of course, it's never happened to another president, you piece of shit. <laughs> oh. Uh, anyway. Um, this is, to me, kind of a, a controversial one. I don't, I don't, I mean, the pro-choice people are not calling it controversial. I'm calling it controversial. So there was a mother and daughter in Nebraska who exchanged some um, messages on Facebook Instant Messenger. Um, so the disclaimer going into this is no, no conversations are private. Um, if you need to have sensitive conversations with somebody, do it in person if possible. Um, because... <laughs> So the daughter was 17, the mother's the mother, whatever, she's 40 is something, um, discussing a, a home abortion with pills. Um, so the authorities in Nebraska, based on a law that was on the books before Roe v. Wade was overturned, that um, banned abortions after 20 weeks. They were seeking to prosecute her because she was 28 weeks along. Um, based, so based on that law, this has nothing to do with the overturning of Roe v. Wade. They probably, most likely, very, very likely would have um, prosecuted her before any of this happened. But it's just a slippery, scary slope because then they subpoenaed, uh, the authorities in Nebraska subpoenaed Facebook for the chat transcripts and Facebook handed it over because I don't know if Facebook has to, I don't know what the laws are. Um, the chatter on the, on um, social media is that Facebook is a misogynistic piece of shit organization. I can agree with all of that. I mean, you know, you think about showing a portion of an areola 
or <laughs> something, uh, a breastfeeding mother, and they fucking ban your account. But anyway, that's a whole other soapbox. Um, so they handed over the chat transcript. So it, it's this is a weird case, though. So this is this case is being used um, to sort of fan the flames, and I I have. I haven't sorted through my feelings about it. So the girl was 28 weeks pregnant. If you know nothing about birthing, a pregnancy lasts for 40 weeks. 28 weeks is very far along to be attempting an abortion with pills. Uh, you have to take a shit ton of pills. I don't know how, how do I say this without sounding like a pro-life moron. Um, I don't know how humane that method is. I don't know. But I question even how effective it would be. Anyway, she she gave birth. She told the authorities she miscarried and that the baby was stillborn. But then where it gets real weird is that they tried to hide the body. Um, they possibly tried to burn the body and then buried it and didn't report it. So it's just, this is a weird one. <laughs> I don't think this is a great one to use as the, um, you know, example by which we are fanning the passionate flames of the pro-choice movement. That's just my two cents. Right. So anyway. So do you happen to know when, so, you know, even for Roe v. Wade, they banned abortions after a certain time period. Mm-hmm. Do you, do they do that because that is health wise the only you know the only time that is safe for the mom is humane for the baby I mean no you, you can what? have so most abortions up to mm, nine ten weeks I'm not sure when you pass like that it might be up to twelve weeks honestly I don't know are done with um, it's called a medical abortion and you just take some pills and feel kind of crappy and have some really terrible cramps and you pass the fetal tissue. Mm -hmm. um, that is the vast majority of abortions are handled that way. Then once you get to a certain point, it has to be um, sort of like, not surgically, but kind of surgically extracted. So they, this is kind of graphic. We should have put like a trigger warning in here. Um, they inject something that stops the baby's heart. It's, I don't know if they inject it or the mother it. Anyway, it stops the baby's heart. And then they do um, a procedure that empties out the uterus. The farther along the woman is, the riskier the abortions are in general. Um, the, there are not that many abortions happening. I think like full-term pregnancies that are seeking abortion is very, very unusual. It would be a real outlier of things. Like you found out there's something terrible, terribly wrong. You're going to die. You just were diagnosed with cancer or something. Um, there's very few doctors that will do them. Usually the woman has to travel a long way to even get it done. Um, there's that window that's kind of like, that's like 18 to mm, 20, 30 weeks. Um, I should have pulled up some statistics. Sorry, guys. But anyway, that is um, 
it's not as many. It's their statistics are lower for that period of time than for the very early abortions. And, you know, the reason that all these bans are problematic is the the moment you piss on a stick and you get a positive pregnancy, you are four weeks pregnant or or farther along, depending on how late you are. Like if you just have a weird period and sometimes you're late and so being late doesn't really alarm you, but you're three weeks late and you feel really bloated and you feel weird and you're nauseated. So you pee on a stick, it's positive, you would be like seven or eight weeks pregnant at that point because <clears throat> the second you miss your first period you're basically four weeks pregnant assuming you know what i mean um and these these bans <laughs> the first one's banned abortions at the at the you know detection of a heartbeat which is not really a heartbeat it's um it's firing it's cells firing practicing to have a heartbeat but they are not actually a heart it's just cells you know, preparing to be a heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens <clears throat> sometimes around 10 weeks, eight weeks, depends on things. Um, six, a six week abortion ban basically gives a woman two weeks if she peed on a stick the moment she missed her period. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but like I said, if it's a woman who's a regular, blah, blah, blah. Um, six weeks, she's already missed her window. So that's the problem with the six-week abortion ban. Um, I feel like they could come up with something far more fucking reasonable if they wanted to place limitations on it. I don't want there to be any limitations, but that is just fucking ridiculous. So. <clears throat> well, in six weeks, I mean, it, it's so hard to get appointments that too. far. I mean, I you know, I had to have a um, sleep study done. Mm-hmm. And my doctor or the insurance company approved it for 30 days, which I don't know what the point is. Like if I need a sleep study, I need a sleep study today in 45 days and 50 days. Like what's the point? Right. But I couldn't actually get an appointment for 45 days. Right. So I had to circle back around and like, you know, do that whole thing. But yeah, I mean, so a lot of things you're not medically, you're not going to get an appointment in 30 days either or in in two or a week yeah um i am looking up some statistics please hold um okay these are as of 2019 because they're usually a couple years behind in gathering the statistics um sorry 11 for 11.4 women out of a thousand Age between 15 and 44 underwent an abortion in 2019. The abortion rate has been on a steady decline in the U.S. Um, yeah, I, it's the way they worded this is annoying. Um, 59% of women who opt for abortion have already been pregnant before. In 2014, 12% of women who went for abortion were adolescents. The abortion rate among women 18 to 19 was 8%, 15 to 17 was 3%. Those younger than 15 was 0.2%. 72% of clinics would be willing to do the abortion process for 12 weeks. At 20 weeks, this number fell to 25%. Only 10% of clinics offer abortion services for women at 24 weeks or more. Um, 
In the period between 2001 and 2017, medication abortion has significantly increased from 5 to 39%, and the total number of abortions has reduced overall. And again, the lowest abortion rates are the places that have the most mm-hmm. Planned Parenthood availability, mm-hmm. <laughs> sex education. Uh, you know, they're not burning books or banning books or talking about things, um, allowing people to ask questions, um, you know, facilitating that kind of environment versus don't have right. sex. You don't want to get um, pregnant, but don't have sex because that doesn't work. No, it's stupid. seeking an abortion cited they were not prepared financially to bear the burden and long-term commitment of having a child. 36% were making the choice because they felt it was not the right stage in their life to have a baby. 31% reported some kind of issue with their partner as the main reason. Um, 29% wanted to focus on their existing children and give them a better life rather than bearing a new child. 20% were were worried that childbearing would impact their future prospects and career opportunities. These are fucking heartbreaking. God damn. 19 were emotionally unprepared to bear the child. <clears throat> 12% mentioned health-related issues that impacted their pregnancies. Another 12% said they wanted a better life with a baby than they were able to provide. 7% mentioned they were not mature enough to have a baby. And another 5% mentioned influence from family and friends as the biggest reason. Yeah. Um, I don't... There was another show that I watched where, you know, they they went to one of those rallies and just like, well, you know, I would adopt your baby or, you know. And so they said, well, you know, there's there's X amount of kids in the foster system in this state. I mean, tens of thousands. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, would you adopt that, you know, the, that baby? And the lady was just like, well, I wouldn't. And she's like, OK, well, then what if it, what if the state came to you and said, we're forcing you right. to adopt a baby? Or a three-year-old or a 10-year-old or whatever. Well, that's outrageous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she's like, well, why, you know, why wouldn't you take on a five-year-old or a six-year-old? Um, you know, I work too much. I don't have the money. I mean, all the all the things, right? And yeah. so she said, okay, so you don't want people to force you to adopt a baby, but like, how is this different from forcing you to have a baby? Like for the same reasons a lot of people can't have a baby or or you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, and there was there was no that's different. That's different. No, no, it's really not. I mean, you maybe have more, you know, control over, you know, not getting pregnant, but accidents happen. Things happen. I mean, you know, things happen all the time. What pisses me off is we'll just carry it to term and and give it up for adoption. Okay, that might be okay for some people. Okay, fine. But to ask a woman to be pregnant for nine months and then go through the recovery, which is fucking significant, even if you have a vaginal birth, is such an out- outrageously big ask of someone who doesn't want to be pregnant. Because even when you want desperately to be pregnant, being pregnant is so fucking hard. So hard. It's so hard on you emotionally. There's mental health issues. There's all kinds of physical issues there's parts of pregnancy that are fucking misery. Um, well, and does she so, have healthcare? Can she take six weeks off work? Can she? No, probably not. Um, that's probably the whole reason why she's not having a baby. She can't, exactly. she doesn't have healthcare. She doesn't have um, well, all of those things too. But I mean, just the physical process of being pregnant for uh, almost a whole damn year. Um, 
because after you have the baby, there's a recovery process that's, you know, six weeks to 12 weeks, depending on what kind of birth situation you had. And even still, it takes a long time for your body to snap back. Um, you got milk coming in that you don't want coming in. I mean, it's a big fucking deal to ask somebody to go through that. They fucking realize that in like the 1500s for fuck's sake. It, it's it's a modern day concept. This whole life begins at conception is a modern day concept that the religious right has concocted to fan the flames of, I don't know, things to, um, what, what is the fucking word? I have the worst post-COVID brain. <laughs> Um, well, campaign on. Trying, here's here's why we're morally superior i feel like is what they're trying to say that too but also it's just like it's just stupid um i'm looking at roe v wade they are saying you have a right until the fetus becomes viable which generally happens between 24 and 28 weeks after conception viability meaning its ability to live outside the womb um viability has gotten better since 1973 in a huge way. So it's still 24 is probably pretty close, but I think there are some babies that are like 20 weeks that make it. One of my friend's daughter had a super preemie baby. Um, and I can't remember how many weeks he was, but anyway, it's a viability thing. So, All right. Anyway, Okay. But so I also I have noticed that <clears throat> they haven't really talked much about Roe v. Wade because I think they got their asses handed to him in Kansas. Good job, Kansas. I love that. So good. And I feel like they realize in all the polls where they say, you know, like 70% of people are, you know, in favor of women making that decision with their doctors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so then I, I feel like They've been running on that issue for so long and using it to energize their simpleton base. Mm -hmm. And then they realized, well, maybe that's not the majority of the people. The simpletons are maybe the minority, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Our, so I feel like they have, it's, you know, they talked about it a lot and then now they have it at since Kansas, they have not talked about it as much. Mm -hmm. The education system in this country is so woefully shitty that there are so many people that don't understand how pregnancy works. The freaking vice president of the United fucking States had to explain to a room full of men <laughs> that they don't understand how a woman's body works. They fucking don't. They don't. A lot of women don't even know how many holes they have. And I'm not kidding. Like there's education there's about this. That's, <laughs> it's complicated. So, um, God, Daisy, go away. Um, she keeps jumping up on the desk and like trying to chew up paper. That's her favorite pastime. <laughs> anyway, See, well, so. whenever they were having that uh, formula thing, and all the men were just like, "Well, then women should nurse." It's like, okay, look, assholes. Thank you. Uh, my you friend nurse a baby for her baby uh, formula because she has a medical issue. The baby's five. She's not a baby. She's a young lady who's five. And the fact that you think that my friend can spontaneously start nursing a five-year-old is shows why you shouldn't be making decisions regarding exactly. women's healthcare. Well, you know, there are um, trans women, sure. make sure I said that right, who are able to lactate now. They are able to do this. I read a story about it with 
I was in awe, like what's happening in science. That's amazing. Um, so, you know, these fucking senators can just step up and do the nursing themselves. Let me know how you feel when a fucking toddler bites through your nipple asshole. Anyway, I should try to be more clear with my opinions. Um, <laughs> so moving on, I did exactly what I said I wasn't going to do. And I spent way too much on one bullet point, but I can't help it. Um, House of Representatives really? passed, <laughs> passed an assault weapon ban. Um, this happened like last week, I think. The assault weapons ban legislation by Representative David, ooh, I don't know how to say his name, Sicily. Um, and nobody cares who co-sponsored it. Two, 207 voting Democrats specifically calls for prohibiting the sale, manufacture, transfer, or import of various semi-automatic assault weapons, semi-automatic pistols. 63% of voters support banning assault weapons. Um, That's a Fox News poll, by the way. So there's probably the number's probably higher. Oh, it is Fox News. You're right. Yeah. Why does that's interesting that they that Fox even published the results of such a poll? Well, they a lot of times Fox will do a poll thinking they're gonna do one, you right. know, gonna go one way, and then they're like, "Oops." Um, that's funny. But yeah, you're right. I mean, what happened in Uvalde? Just it's crystal clear that those cops stood out there for hours mm-hmm. because they were outgunned and scared. Which okay, that's you know that's fair, mm-hmm. but there's no reason why our police officers. You should have to wait for SWAT or, you know, stand out there and just outgun and try to run in guns blazing with kids. They don't know what's happening. And it's like, you know, there's no reason why any, we need to be better armed than, you know, our hunters can just use whatever they use up to an AR-15 level. The only people using AR-15s are the lunatics that go around shooting children and innocent people. Um, oh, and um, having a shootout with the FBI because they're pissed about Donald Trump's raid. Did you read that story? I did read that. Yeah. So in Cincinnati, a single dude, a, 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 not I don't know if he's single, a single individual <laughs> um, right. engaged in, I don't know what all was happening, but he, he fired shots into the Cincinnati FBI building. And then there was this huge standoff. He's dead. Um, I read the headline, which was something like um, armed gunman fires into Cincinnati FBI. That's all it said, really. And I was like, I guarantee this is a Trumpster. They're pissed off about the raid. That's why they're going after the FBI. And I I was right, because that's so fucking predictable. So um, did this ban actually pass? So the House of Representatives passed it. Did it actually pass i think it passed i think that one passed i think it did too that's a fucking miracle isn't it yeah well i feel like these past few weeks they got i mean the dems got energized by the kansas thing but also i feel like a lot of people myself included whenever people call me to ask for money mm-hmm. i've said like and you know i don't i only partly mean this it's so basically saying it right. i was giving them a little tough love yeah i'm like i'll start writing checks again when you guys start doing the things doing that I something. voted for you for the first time for. Right. Do something. And well, I said, um, you know, I've never voted. I said, I've never voted Republican and I've never voted. And I have voted Republican like back in the day, not mm-hmm. recently since Republicans got insane. Stupid. Yeah. I've voted for a local Republican candidate or something like that, but not lately. But I'm like, but you guys are making me want to vote independent because 
literally nothing is happening. I was like, right. we turn out in, in record numbers for what? For status right. quo. So exactly. I'm like, I'll start writing checks again when you guys start doing the thing that I wrote checks for the first time. They're just so paralyzed with, I don't know what they're doing, but yeah. Um, I think Democrats are paralyzed with like, we just want to do the right thing. We want to look good. We want to, you know, I mean, and it's just like, I, which I understand. And I feel like that's an ideal thing, but it's like, that's just not working right now. Civility right. is not. Well, I mean, to their credit, their constituents are armed with AR-15s and shooting up Republican institutions or whatever. Um, but still, I mean, there's peace and then there's passive. <laughs> so right. it's just crazy. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, then a bill was introduced, I believe last week to help people with disabilities access reproductive health care. Um, it's called the Reproductive Health Care Accessibility Act, aptly named. Um, would provide funding for training and education programs focused on reproductive health care, specifically for this group of people. Um, add more doctors and nurses with disabilities to the workforce. Calls for a study analyzing reproductive health for disabled communities. So that's good. And then in addition to Kansas, um, so Kansas rejected an abortion ban amendment. So somebody in Kansas, some asshat, wanted to do an amendment to their state constitution banning abortion and Kansas voters said fuck you in a pretty landslide <laughs> yeah so good job Kansas not so happy with Nebraska um 15 states are backing a lawsuit challenging Florida's don't say gay bill so that's positive um Biden signed an executive order to help low-income people pay for abortions if they have to cross state lines this is one of my favorite bullet points. The four-day work week is gaining ground fast. Finally. So happy. <laughs> that Forever, I have been saying, the work-life balance is not at all balanced. Like, five to two. Hello, math much? <laughs> so. I know. I just feel like the workplaces just need to focus on, here's your, here's your things that we expect you to get done within a week. Right. If you want to stay up like 15 hours a day for three days, <laughs> like have at it. You know what I mean? And, I or if you want to, if you want to work, you know, yeah, two long days and then work three short days. You know, I mean, like let people just do what they can do. Let well, let your expectations be clear, and then if they can get all that done in whatever amount of time that when they do it, if in the middle of the night or you know they yeah. get up at two in the morning and start, it's none of your business. I had a boss who turns out graduated from Cal State, the same class as me, same business major. We had the basically the same qualifications. Um, but he was my boss and he had a dick. Um, and he insisted on having a, and I'm a highly qualified, I have a great resume. He insisted on meeting with me every fucking morning. Such a fucking control freak. That's a whole right. other show, we won't get into that. But anyway, yeah, right. four day work week is coming. Um, Republicans, in a shocking vote, um, voted against against an anti-human trafficking bill. Uh, 20 House Republicans, including Matt Fuckface Gates, who is currently under investigation by the Department of Justice for sex trafficking allegations himself, involving <laughs> a minor, um, voted, I guess, last Tuesday against a bill that seeks to combat human trafficking. 
the legislation titled the Fred Frederick Douglass Trafficking Victims Prevention and Protection Reauthorization Act. Who comes up with these titles? Fuck. Passed a 401 to 20 vote with all opposition coming from Republicans like Matt Gates. He's Pedal McForehead. That's his new name for me. Seriously. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Indiana. A new Indiana abortion bill. And we've said fuck you, Indiana, before. They're really Many at times. the top of my shit list right now. A new Indiana abortion bill includes potential prison and fines, despite Republicans' pledge not to penalize women. I don't even want to read the story because it just pisses me off. Um, <laughs> but they're prioritizing pr- penalizing women. That, oh, yeah. I mean, they're prioritizing. Well, in Saudi Arabia, they're prioritizing penalizing <laughs> women and also trans people. Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Seriously, there's a family that has a trans child. Who in who's you know like in like a tween like a teen you know so they mm-hmm. invited Abbott over to their house yeah I to basically me so but now that they he went to the house and he did his whole photo op he's he wanted people to investigate them for child abuse right that's fucking piece of shit he's a piece of shit anyway yes to Indiana um, Texas yeah fuck you guys um oh I was gonna say Beto O'Rourke has doing been doing town hall meetings like crazy. And he was in some little Texas town. I don't know if it's little. I'm just saying that because it's Texas. Um, a little Texas town doing his town hall meeting. And um, he was in passionately speaking about, um, I don't know if they're using the phrase gun control or if they're using another catchphrase, but you guys know what I'm getting at. So he's talking about it, and he's talking about how AR-15s were designed to penetrate the helmet of the enemy in battle. And right as he says that, some chuckle fucker in the back row chuckles like a fucker. And <laughs> and Beto O'Rourke spins around. He goes, it may, not, it may be funny to you, motherfucker, but it's not funny to me. And the whole room, which is full of old people, Texans, erupts into applause. <laughs> He fucking let motherfucker fly. It's all over the internet. And I could not be prouder. Fuck yeah. <laughs> it is such a great clip. Maybe funny to you, motherfucker, but it's not funny to me. Because he was talking about the children who died in Uvalde. And, um, that, yeah, kind that's of, a hilarious time to start. What kind of fucking piece of shit heckles somebody at that moment? What a right. piece of shit. That's what. So anyway, I, like I know I, you know, I was like devastated when he, when he was almost mm-hmm. Ted Cruz and then Cruz ended up winning. Ted Cruz is a subhuman piece of garbage. Again, sorry that my opinions are hard to decipher. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, if, if Beto uh, replaces Abbott, I'll be almost as happy as if he would have replaced Ted Cruz. Seriously. Abbott's a piece of shit too. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. Good news. Sort of. I mean, it's long overdue and kind of bullshit. But um, so the Central Park Five, it was uh, five young um, men of color in 1989 who were convicted of raping a jogger. And then it turns out that the jogger was full of shit. And what I don't remember the details. It, so it wasn't any of those five. She just picked them because I can't remember. I don't even think she, I don't know that she picked them is that they found those boys were, they were causing trouble in the park. They were, you know, mugging people or whatever. Okay. They were doing what they call wilding, I guess. And, mm-hmm. but they just, you know, so they were causing trouble, but they didn't rape or kill anybody, you know? And gotcha. so, okay. But the cops like basically found them in the park. Targeted and, them. And then, yeah. And then basically and, just, 
separated them out, you know how they do. And intimidated the fuck out of them. Yeah. And then said, well, your buddy said this, that, and the other. Well, like, no, it wasn't me. It was him, you know? And then, then they just go from there, you know? Yeah. So apparently there was a sixth, sixth, I can never say that teenager. I can't, I also cannot say Marlboro. So it's a good thing I don't (laughs) smoke because I cannot say that. And then there's a similar word that I can't say. Anyway, um, sixth teenager charged, um, was exonerated. Like he served some time. He hasn't served time in a long time. Uh, but they, you know, I don't know if they expunged it, but they, they threw out the conviction. So yeah. yay for him. Um, two of the cops responsible for George Floyd's murder were sentenced to prison two to three years each in federal prison. I don't, I mean, obviously I try to stay up on the news. There's a zillion bullet points here. I didn't hear a lot about this and I don't know why. Oh, riots, maybe, maybe, (laughs) maybe they tried to keep it on the DL so that people didn't burn down cities or something. I don't know. But, um, I mean, obviously they need more than two to three years, but, um, it's sort of something remotely resembling justice, maybe. Um, yeah. The thing that was, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. It's just that they don't, you know, like it wasn't George Floyd. It was the other people that weren't, um, I can't even remember the name of the cop that knelt on his windpipe. Right, me either. Because I don't want to remember it. Um, it was the other two guys. The guy, yeah, the people who didn't stop him from doing that. What happened to that guy? I can't remember. He got a lengthy sentence. I don't know if I he kinda, got a I remember that now. But he, yeah. Yeah, he did. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I knew that there was one that was kind of standing around not doing. Anyway, Yeah. Four officers. Yeah, there were just several standing around not doing anything. Exactly. Um, Four officers responsible for the murder of Breonna Taylor were charged. Um, I didn't finish that sentence, but that's a good thing. Um, (laughs) And in a religious, religious freedom table turning in Georgia, you can claim embryos as dependents on your tax return. What could possibly go wrong with this? <laughs> what a fantastic idea, Georgia. What the fuck is wrong with you? I'm moving to Georgia and I am pregnant with quadruplets. Right? Thank you. I mean, so many, this is so, I, every day that I look at the news and I get why people don't read the news, I just look at it, I'm like, this has to be the fucking Truman show. Like did the programmers who programmed the matrix that we live in, are they just tired? Are they bored? Do they need a vacation? Do they need a four day work week? What's happening in the matrix? This is bizarre. We live in the upside down. What's happening? (laughs) Every day is weirder. I don't, well, I, I feel like Georgia, Florida, and Texas are having a contest to see just who is stranger. Like the, the most, um, uh, well, like Indiana's, article, Indiana's joined that competition. <laughs> yes. Idaho ain't far behind. Oh, Lord. One thing I wanted to say about the Breonna Taylor people who got charged. Mm-hmm. I, I'm glad they did get charged, but it was disappointing to me that nobody ha- has been charged actually for her murder. What they got charged with, right. they, they charged the guy who f- fired into the window, which they should have. Right. And they charged the guy who lied on the, um, to get the warrant. The warrant, Yeah. Yeah. So at least, I mean, it is some, I I bet for her family, it must feel sort of hollow a little bit. I I agree. It's like, it's like, was it Al Capone that they took down for tax? Right. Right. Yeah. And and the same is going to happen for Trump if we're lucky. Um, 
It turns out to be librarians that take that idiot down. I may never stop smiling. Right. That's the greatest. He buried his first wife on the golf course so that he could get a tax. I I think he's exempt because it's being used as a a cemetery. He is a piece of shit. Okay. But here's, here's something that I was like, I haven't really said this out loud to too many people, but it's like, should they is exhume her? Cause it's like, what if he buried stuff in like, what if he knew this was coming, which. Well, I, she he probably knew fell down the stairs. Like the whole thing is weird. I know. Fell down the stairs. I should marry her and see what, you know, if there's any papers buried. In there, you know right? I mean? Oh, I, I don't know how my, whatever papers I took out of the white house. Got in there, yeah. Well, they, they seized a lot of stuff, so I'm assuming if they're seizing things, there are things that, you know, should have gone back to mm-hmm. them. Who knows? I mean, they... Um, I wonder if know. they could do coming... some sort of... What? I said, we'll know in the coming weeks, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if they could do some sort of, um, like, ground-penetrating radar like they do in right. um, archaeology to see... Oh, there's a briefcase in there with Ivana. <laughs> um, anyway, if we're lucky, they'll take him down on tax law issues um i, I would love to see him go away. down i don't care why or how i know i would love to see him go down for you know child rape and some of the more egregious crimes that he's committed but, but he's the one who actually passed the law about taking about document handling because he was trying to do it <laughs> so that they could prosecute hillary with, oh, about emails. right. Yes. So he actually he's actually passed a law. So if he actually goes down on a law that he passed and it's librarians that got him, I just may never stop smiling. That is that would be amazing. Yes. I love that. Hmm. Well, we shall see. Stay tuned for the next episode of Days of Our Fucked Up Lives in the US. <laughs> um okay. How did we get here. So let's talk about something uplifting. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I'm so fired. Okay, so our topic this week is women in the air, women aviators, women involved in aviation amazingness. Um, the 18th of August is National Aviation Day. The 16th is National Airborne Day, like the Army Airborne. And the 20th is National Accessible Air Travel Day, which I have a little blurb about. Um, There is an Air Carrier Access Act, ACA, which provides all passengers disability assistance with wheelchairs, boarding and deplaning, connecting flights, personal belongings, assistance with service animals, interpreters, technology to communicate. Um, This was, it became a law in 1986 prohibits discrimination against any individual with a disability during air travel um, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So that's cool. So anyway, it just seemed like um, a good time to talk about people who fly. So. Especially the ladies. You always hear about Charles Lindbergh and some of those other guys, but there's a lot of ladies who um, are, you know, instrumental in, the history of aviation as well. Well, we we all were taught about Amelia Earhart. Amelia Earhart, which I'm surprised they taught us about her anyway, because we're all pretty sure at this point that she was a lesbian, right? 
Um, oh, she had a husband. It's hard to say. <laughs> mm, yeah, but I think she had, I think we talked about this and we did Eleanor Roosevelt. We're, it was probably you that told me this. Didn't she have some sort of ties with either Eleanor or um, Eleanor's girlfriend? The, yeah, the, the writer. Yeah. So anyway, she, she was going to do, yeah. you know, she was going to write a book about her, but they spent an awful lot of quality time together mm -hmm. in quotes, working on the book. Mm -hmm. so. Is that what lesbians call quality time? <laughs> I have an idea this week. Why don't we work on the book? <laughs> sexy. <laughs> yeah. What chapter do you, okay. Anyway. Um, all right. You starting. I shall start. So, um, you know, as you all know, the uh, fathers of aviation are brothers Wilbur and Orville Wright, who in 1903 flew their first uh, model plane. They, you know, they made their own uh, models for it. And there were people working on it at the same time. So early on, so that was in 1903 when they first flew that. And it was early on that they um, started running into patent issues. Because, uh, you know, a lot of things are the same and, you know, they people were suing one another and all those things. But um, in 1905, I believe it was, um, 1905, they had their Wright Flyer, which is what they flew at uh, Kitty Hawk. Uh, Wilbur made the first public flight at a, a racehorse in Le Mans, France. And um, if you ever get to Chicago and you go to the Museum of Science and Industry, the Wright Flyer is there. Uh, it's kind of cool to see. Um, but there are two ladies. So you hear about the brothers and the, yes, they did design the plane and all of that. But there are actually two ladies that were instrumental in getting that to happen. The first one was actually uh, Catherine Wright, Catherine Wright Haskell, who was actually their sister. And she's been called one of the most overlooked female contributors to the avi aviation industry. Uh, so she provided financial and moral support and to them for making their first successful machine powered, po powered flight by humans. Uh, Wilbur Wright even said um, that if, if, if ever the world thinks of us in connection with aviation, it must also remember our sister. So and yet we did not. <laughs> <laughs> and people were like, who dat? Uh, in 1909, she flew with her brothers during their demonstration flights in France, and some believe that they may have inspired, that this may have inspired the Baroness Raymond de la Roche, who became the first woman in the world to earn her pilot's, pilot's license in 1910. And to me, I was just like, okay, that's interesting, but why did they have pilot licenses when they didn't even have planes? But anyway. Yeah, interesting. Um, but, you know, we'll talk about her later. But she... Um, you know, the she flew in a lot of flying expeditions and things like that. Um, and upon her return to America, began building aircraft in her living room with her French husband. That's the Baroness. <laughs> That's a visual. <laughs> in 1910, she became the first American woman to solo in one of her husband's homemade aircraft. Within a year of the of Reich's flight, Harriet Quimby became the first American woman to earn her pilot's license. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But the other person, so that's the sister who inspired... Um, you know, the start of that. But there is another lady who had, whose name you may not know. Um, her name is Ida Holdgraves or Ida Holdgreave, G-R-E-V-E, -E, Ida Holdgreave. And she is actually a seamstress that the Wright brothers, um, if you if you see the Wright flyer in 
Chicago. It's it's basically you look at it and you know when you look at airplanes now and they're all just like these metal, these giant metal constructions. That thing is very light looking. It's just it's basically wood and fabric. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they were trying to get their prototype ready, you know they're going through all their you know patent woes and everything. So they had to make all these um, prototypes. They put an ad in the paper uh, in Dayton, Ohio, and the local ad said they're looking for um, somebody to do. It said plain sewing wanted, but it said P L I A N sewing wanted. <laughs> and so there was a lady who was Ida, and she was like looking for some extra cash. She's like, "Well, if it's plain sewing, I can do that." But what they really meant to say was <laughs> P L A N E sewing wanted. Well, they didn't have planes. How did they know how to spell it? <laughs> That's true. That's an That's honest true. mistake. The editor didn't know what the fuck. Right. So, <laughs> um, so they wanted some plane sewing. So she went there <laughs> and you know applied for the job and got the job. She was like, and "What?" She actually sewed. Uh, the wings and the and the rudders and everything on their prototype. That's cool. And in 1910 and 11, after they sort of you know got the they got the uh, prototype done and they've got the patent and all that stuff, they basically started a factory on their on their west in their in Dayton and they're at their home. Um, and as far as you know, it has been reported she's the only woman who worked at the Wright Company factory. Uh, she actually worked on the floor. Um, sewing and supervising other people. Um, she basically earned her living making airplane parts, not in the way that we think of it, but sewing things together. Right. Um, but she was a dressmaker before this, and um, but she supervised a crew on that. Uh, her resume took an interesting turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was a seamstress. And so, yeah, she. but then she started making aer- airplane parts. Yeah. Um, but she Sewed. said... Sewed yeah. dresses for all my sister's proms. Sewed an <laughs> <Exactly>. airplane. <laughs> well, and this, she was like one of the, I mean, back then pretty much women either didn't work, they were stay-at-home moms. Right. They were domestics or they had clerical jobs. So right. for somebody to be working, you know, in a factory. In a technical um, position there. Yep. Pretty cool. Um, but she had like, there's a, there's kind of a cool picture of the factory. We'll put, we'll put it in the um, thing here. This, there's an article from Smithsonian that has some really neat pictures um, but shows like, you know, the machines and the sewing um, of the fabrics and things like that in their factory. That's cool. But she worked on the um, the first model plane was called Wright Model B. <laughs> um, and then they made Model CH float plane and then the advanced Model L. She worked on all of those de- designs. They had products. good naming conventions. I like their <laughs> names. Uh, the I like it. United States Congress should take some notes. Oh, but yeah, she was, so, you know, shout out to those two ladies who I'm, you know, who the fathers of aviation would not have been able to do without. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Nice. All right. Um, Are we diving into the, the list? The list. All right. We have a list. So not only were like one or two women left out of the history books, people, <laughs> bitches, there are so many women we were not left the out of the history books <laughs> only on, in, in aviation. Like, what the heck? Um, okay, so number one woman that you've never heard of is Bessie Coleman, if you have, good for you. Um, she, I'm trying to get to... <laughs> The heart of the matter here. Shoot. 
she was early American civil aviator, the first African-American woman and the first Native American to hold a pilot license. She earned her license from the Fédération Aéronautique Internationale. I've been waiting to say that all day. Um, in 1921, first black person to earn an international pilot's license. You want to do number two? Okay. Um, number two is Beverly Bass or Bass. <laughs> All these names can be pronounced a lot of different ways. I think it's Bass. Okay. She was a pioneer in commercial aviation. And she's currently a character portrayed by Tony Award nominee Jen Colella, who wears her actual pilot blazer in the, in the hit 2017 musical, Come From Away. Oh, you my God. A musical. Musicals, right? Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Beverly Bass ranks as only the third woman hired by an American Airlines in 1986 as the first woman to ever earn captain stripes for a commercial airline. While flying reserve in that same year, she also became a part of the first all-female airline crew the, the world has ever seen. Famously, and this is a core part of the Come Away Come From Away storyline, Bass was in the air in the morning of 9-11 and piloted oh. planes which landed in um, Gander, Newfoundland. Watch and listen to Colella sing the song from the show that the New York Times describes as a near-verbatim transcript of her interview with the writers. Spells out her life, wrapping together the dreams of a little girl who wanted to fly, the gendered obstacles <laughs> facing women in aviation, and the distinctive pain pilots felt at the use of air, using airplanes as weapons. Mm. Dang. If you, I don't know if you've, have you ever read that story about what happened in Gander, Newfoundland? I don't, I was just going to say, I have no idea what this is referring to. So they landed the plane there. I mean, everybody got grounded. So they're like, everybody get on the ground right now. Oh, I see. The place okay. that they were is that they were in Newfoundland. Okay. Well, that's not, a, it's not a um, touristy place. No, there's not much So, there. you know, this, you know, I don't know how many there's people, not a Denny's there. people yeah. on the planes or whatever. So basically everybody who lives in that town showed up at the airport with signs saying we have room for five. We have Aww. room for two. We have room for whatever. Aww. Took those people home fed them, let them stay there for how, that week, however long. And then later that town started a scholarship fund for all those kids that were on that plane, mm. you know, like um, high school or excuse me, college scholarships, mm -hmm. whatever. They just basically adopted like all the people on the plane, they just adopted them. They fed them, they, you know, all that stuff. It's That's a cool story. So cool. There was so many beautiful stories of humanity at its finest during that horrible, horrible day. Oh, awesome. um, just uh, like the the captains of all the boats getting evacuating people out of the city, and it just makes me cry. Mm -hmm. Not crying. This is fucking bitchery. <laughs> anyway, that's really I'm crying cool. in bitchery. Yeah, <laughs> there's lots of crying in bitchery. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think. Do you just talked about Catherine Wright? Did you talk about Edith Berg? I did not talk about Edith Berg. Okay, well, why is she on the same line as Catherine Wright? Um, Women in Aviation International notes that if we accept the promise that the first machine powered by powered flight by humans occurred on December 17th, 1903 with the Wright brothers, it's appropriate to begin with an almost forgotten contributor, their sister, which we just talked about. Mm -hmm. um, financial, moral support, we already talked about that. Um, Edith Berg beat her to the title of first woman airplane passenger a year earlier. Well, way to be a one-upper, Edith. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sally Ride. Uh, Sally. Another sad story. American's first, but badass too. 
America's first woman in space began her history-making career in 1978 as one of NASA's first six female astronauts. A mere five years later, Ride would experience her first space flight as a mission specialist on STS-7, NASA's seventh shuttle mission aboard the Space Shuttle Challenger. Sally Ride's life after spaceflight was also monumental. Through her six science-themed children's books and her company Sally Ride Science, the legendary astronaut actively worked to encourage young girls to embrace science. Not only was Sally Ride the first American woman in space, but she's also the first acknowledged gay astronaut. Oh, I didn't know that. Go, Sally. Go, Sally. And you talked about Harriet Quimby. I did. You did? Yeah, I think you mentioned her. The first American woman to earn a pilot's license. Oh, right. um, And the second woman in the world to do so. Behind Baroness Ramon de la Roche. (laughs) (laughs) I just like saying the the French She does have a cool name. Um, Trying to see what else we have to say about her. America's first lady of the air was killed in an aircraft accident in 1912. Hmm. Uh, Matilda Masson is Harriet Quimby's friend. She was the second American woman to earn a pilot's license. She's remembered for setting several altitude records and was the first person of either gender to land a plane in the altitude of Mexico City. The Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum notes that Masson made her exhibition debut at the Nassau Boulevard Aviation Meet in September, where she won the Rodman Wanamaker altitude trophy by flying her 50 horsepower monoplane to an incredible 1200 feet. She beat both Quimby and French pilot Helene Dutroux. Dutroux flew in meets throughout the country and Mexico until the early spring of 1912, often flying at higher altitudes than most male pilots. Her life story along with her brothers is retold in the biography, the magnificent, magnificent Monsants champions of early flight. Very cool. Um, Catherine and Marjorie Stenson. In 1918, the U.S. Postmaster General appointed Marjorie as the first female airmail pilot, and together with her sister, brother, and mother, they established a flying school in Texas for both men and women. She went on to promote aviation around the world, taught over 100 military men to fly before and during World War I. At the same time, her sister Catherine's request to fly combat missions for the Army during World War I was denied twice solely on the basis that she was a woman. (laughs) It was said that Catherine was a better and more experienced pilot than some of the men serving in the military. Um, uh, That's it. Okay. Um, Number eight is, some of you all know, is Amelia Earhart, the most famous pilot, male or female, in American history. She was first famously the first woman to fly across the Atlantic Ocean as a passenger on that iconic 20-hour and 40-minute flight in June of 1928. Later that summer, Earhart flew solo across the United States and back, the first time a female pilot had made that journey alone. When she flew alone from Newfoundland to Ireland in 1932, Amelia Earhart became the first person of any gender to fly solo, solo across the Atlantic Ocean. After a successful book tour and more flying competitions... That's, I, that might be the book we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And we're flying competition. She made history again as the first pilot to accomplish a solo flight across the Pacific, traveling from Oakland to Hawaii. Earhart famously went missing during one leg of her ambitious flight around the world in 1937. Conspiracy theories about her disappearance still exist to this day. Yeah, I've seen a lot of uh, 
documentaries about that. The mo- I feel, I mean, there's you know a lot of places that she could have crashed or whatever. But one of the most interesting ones that I've seen is like they think that she might have been captured by the Japanese and was alive for a period of time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which okay. is interesting, unfortunate. Um, yeah, scary yeah. too. But mm, very. I feel like. I mean, I guess if you're going to get in a machine and fly above the ground as a bipedal uh, humanoid, (laughs) uh, I guess you have to be competitive. I just feel like all these people are Aries. (laughs) They all are just like, I want to be the first. Shit, she already did that ocean. What other oceans can we be the first? Like, everybody wants to be the first. I know. When I was, I'm the first to do this. I went the highest. I went the fastest, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was looking at this list earlier and looking at some of these dates, you know, like 1920s, 1930s, I, know, it's I feel astounding. like as a, as a um, industry, aviation, I feel like integrated women. I mean, this is Very a lot early. of women considering that time. I mean, how many, how totally many people agree. of any gender were flying at that time? And there's a lot of women. I know. Yeah, I agree. They got in so quickly without men. They're like, hey there, little lady. Let me explain something to you. Right. Well, you need to understand, Amelia. Yeah. <laughs> I think I just sounded like Dr. Phil there for a second. Sorry. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. <laughs> Janet Bragg, a pioneering African-American pilot whose leadership in black pilot organizations in the 30s created opportunities for others. Bragg enrolled in aeronautical school in 1933 and was the only woman in the mechanics class. Although facing discrimination because of both her race and her gender, she didn't relent in her pursuit of flying because she was probably in Aries. While completing a postgraduate degree, Bragg worked hard to save money, eventually buying her first of three planes for $500 and shared it with the Challenger Air Pilots Association. That group, inspired by Bessie Coleman, built its first airstrip in 1933. Janet Bragg received her commercial pilot's license in 1943, yet was turned down because of the color of her skin when attempting to join the war effort. It's really, like, I want to fight for the United States. Nope. What the hell? You can learn more You're about her. A girl. Yeah, <laughs> in her autobiography, Soaring, excuse me, Soaring Above Setbacks. Um, her story of overcoming discrimination is empowering, as are stories of the other women in this link that I cannot give you because this is radio, not internet. interwebs yeah um okay ruth nichols if not for engine failure the world may know more of pilot ruth nichols so you can imagine how this is going Mm -hmm. 1931 she attempted to be the first woman to fly solo across the atlantic of course unfortunately that hopeful flight was aborted but did that her a woman's altitude record at the time a year later, Amelia Earhart would traverse the Atlantic, and the rest is history. Later that same year, Nichols did break her speed record, and in 1939, she founded Relief Wings, an organization that coordinated private aircraft to assist with emergency and disaster relief mm-hmm. and contributed to winning World War II by offering those services to the Civil Air Patrol in 1942. Wow, that's badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are very competitive people. Um, <laughs> Eleanor Smith. In 1927, Eleanor Smith, at the ripe old age of 16, became the youngest pilot ever to receive a Federation Aeronautique Internationale license signed by Orville Wright. It's not even (laughs) remotely how it's spelled. It's not really that French, but I like it. (laughs) The next year, Smith successfully maneuvered a plane under all four New York City bridges, resulting in much publicity and a 10-day grounding by the mayor of New York. (laughs) 
<laughs> she was the first and only pilot to accomplish this daredevil feat. What a little spitfire she must have been. Um, yeah. <laughs> her mom was like, you did what? Um, in November 1929, Eleanor Smith tried for the first in-flight refueling endurance record for women, which lasted over 42 hours. She was voted the best woman pilot in the United States in 1930 at the age of 19. Yeah, slacker. <laughs> slacker. Sheesh. <laughs> the next one is Beth Powell. Only 4% of airline pilots today are women, and of that small number, less than 10% are women of color. Beth Powell, who counts Bessie Coleman as her primary influence and is currently a commercial pilot for American Airlines, is one of them. According to an interview in Essence magazine, Powell grew up in Jamaica and, thanks to a proactive teacher, was introduced to the idea of being a technical learner and the world of aviation. Two years later, she earned her private pilot license and then, at the age of 18, her commercial license. <laughs> By 21, Beth Powell was a commercial airline pilot. Now Powell is merging her own scholarship with the Sisters of the Skies in hopes of exposing more African-American girls to the wondrous <laughs> possibilities of flight. And there's two more quickly. Um, Venice Blue was one of the first female minority officers of the 82nd Airborne. She was technically the first female officer with the 82nd as she arrived on June 15, 1978, early for duty and to sign in with the division. So um, she's like a super badass, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Let me see. She was raised in Raleigh, self-identifying as a non-tribe affiliated Native American. Hmm. Well, she's just all sorts of badass. There's a lot of information about her. She was discharged from the Army in 1979. Um, after her commanding colonel passed away, she decided to leave... My internet won't move. <laughs> um, she, decided, she decided to leave the Army and return to civilian life. She went to work for GM, General Motors, in their Tonawanda, New York. I like the name of that city outside of Buffalo. There she supervised the, what? I don't know how to say those, 60-degree V6 and the 90-degree V6 piston rod. Did I do that right? Um, I don't have a clue what I just said. Um, and she would keep a foot in military service, joining the U.S. Army Reserves as a supply training officer. I can't imagine during really any era being a black woman busting through these barriers, but it shows her shaking hands with all manner of, you know, military leaders. And she's just this beaming young black woman. Pretty badass. And I think our last gal is Beryl Markham. Mm -hmm. She. I, I actually read this. I read her book, actually. And it was actually, it was really? a good, I think, West with the Night, I think it was called. It's, uh -huh. it's a good book, though. Um, she was an English-born Kenyan aviator, adventurer, racehorse trainer, and author. Um, and also an Aries, I'm pretty sure. Wait, when was she born? Oh, no, October. She is a Scorpio. She has to be an Aries rising, I'm just saying. She was the first person to fly solo nonstop across the Atlantic from Britain to North America, and she wrote about her adventures in her mem memoir, West with the Night. Yeah, so I'm just saying she has to be an Aries rising. <laughs> this is a hill I'm going to die on. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, I think that's it for our gravity defying episode of Bitchery. <laughs> Did you love all the puns that I squeezed in this week? Um, well, when I wrote we, that one, I was just like, is she going to make me, she's actually going to talk about the, you know, a, 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 like a musical thing, but I was like, she probably didn't. I had no idea because yeah, no, I, um, we hope you feel your blood pressure has lowered. Your cholesterol is lowered. Your jaw lines may be tighter. Your back pain is better. You've resolved your residual childhood traumas. (laughs) Or we just hope you liked it. That's all. I'm an Aquarius. I have lofty hopes. It's a full moon today. I'm a Capricorn. I'm just a little more realistic. So here's some useful information for you. You can follow us on Instagram at bitchtory.pod. Say hi to us at heybitches.bitchtory.net. Um, email us there. And please share this podcast with your friends so that we too, that they too can be learned and glittery bitches and leave yes. us glowing reviews. Remember to always check the show notes for cool info and links. Yes. Um, Please keep shouting at your representatives. Keep the pressure on your elected officials, especially at this super seemingly boring local level. Local politics is where change happens. Um, It took me a long time to figure this out because, you know, when I was young, I didn't used to vote in the midterms and all that. Please vote in the midterms this fall. Do your homework on who's up for re-election. And if they are anti-choice, religious, zealot, misogynistic assholes, please vote them out, i.e. vote for someone else. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Can you give like more clear directives? Because it's really hard to tell how you. Again, I'm working on it. Um, Oh, and I have a fun housekeeping note. If you are a monthly subscriber, I mean supporter, with the initials MW, you just hit your six month mark of supporting us, and we want to send you a little thank you gift. So, MW, please email us wherever you feel like emailing us. feel free to use our super awesome email address, which is heybitches at bitchstory.net. But there's other places to um, find us. So hit us up and um, I will send you a gift because thank you. You're rad. Thank you, MW. Awesome. Join us again next time for an exciting episode about badass women doing amazing things since forever. And remember, well-behaved women seldom make history. Have a great week. Go make bitch three. Bye-bye. Bye.